Hallelujah. Well, I'm going back this morning. We're going to go back to a lesson. I just want to say thank you. It's it always a privilege and an honor to be able to go away and minister. We got to be with our dear friends last week, Stephen and Portia Sumner in uh, San Leandro, California. Had a great time with them. God moved. Had great service with them. And so saw the Lord touch lives. And uh, so thank you for uh, always allowing us to go and be obedient to what God has in our lives. But uh, this morning I'm excited because... Getting through Christmas and the beginning of the year and everything, things going on. I'm excited to get back to the lesson series we started on the Holy Spirit back in December. We're kind of going to pick up where we left off. And we had dealt quite a bit with being, um, what it means to be born again, what it means to be baptized into the body of Christ, become a member. We're going to recapitulate just a little bit and uh, go back and review just briefly. But this morning, we're really going to move into uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, life in the Spirit. God calls us to have life in the Spirit. Amen? So we want to continue that discovery and that journey. Did you bring your Bibles today? Are you ready? Say this with me. This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises. I'm empowered by its love. I overcome by the faith received, produced from receiving this seed sown into my heart. Father, I thank you this morning in these next few moments by your Holy Spirit. You will speak into our lives. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher and we receive your instruction in our lives. Lead us and guide us, as Jesus said, into all truth. Help our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to receive the word today. In Jesus' name, somebody said? Amen. Amen. You know, I'm, uh, I'm always excited. I, I, I uh, enjoy listening to other preachers and other ministers and stuff. And uh, over the years, uh, listen to a lot of different people on all different areas of the Word of God. But I love listening to people teach on the Holy Spirit, teach on faith and believing God and, and that. Uh, one person that I really enjoy is Francis Chan. How many ever listened or read anything that Francis has done? Amen? Great stuff. Well, several years ago, he wrote a book entitled Forgotten God. And it's about, just about the Holy Spirit. And then I've been listening to lately Pastor Robert Morris. And uh, he is doing a series, been doing a series on Sunday mornings. Uh, I'm, well, I don't know what series are at the church, but on his, on, I see it on Sunday morning when I'm getting around my iron my clothes and I listen to him. Praise the Lord. And, uh, but he's been doing a series on the God I never knew. And so when it comes to the Holy Spirit, many times for people, he is either the forgotten God or he is the God they never knew. And Robert just said that from the background that he was raised up in, denomination his family was raised up in, they believed that everything ended with the apostles and with the coming of the Bible and things. And so that, that the Holy Spirit really isn't for today. And that, and then Francis Chan just talked about, you know, he was raised up a certain way. And so I want to read this excerpt from his book, and it says this. He says, I know that by writing a book about the Holy Spirit, I will be labeled. The irony is that I don't even know how to label myself. I was saved in a Baptist church, attended a charismatic Bible study, went to a conservative seminary while working at, a seeker, at seeker-driven churches partnered with Pentecostal movements, and have spoken at a wide variety of denominations. I'm not even sure how to label my church. All I know is, is that we definitely believe in the Holy Spirit and hope to experience more of Him every minute. Amen. When you get down to it, is there anything else we really need to know? I would say no. Amen? And so, but, but I love that, but I just thought about that. So my question to you, how would you describe your relationship 
with Holy Spirit today? Is He the forgotten God in your life or is He the God you never knew? And depending upon your background or where you come from, it could be either side. Or maybe it's just something that needs to be renewed and rekindled in your life. Especially when it comes to flowing and walking in the fullness of relationship. I'm believing for 2019 to be a year of renewal and restoration. And part of that, we're going to read the scripture in Titus chapter 3 this morning. But Paul says that connected to our salvation is the renewing of the Holy Spirit in our life. So if God has renewed something in our life, I want to walk in the fullness of that. Could you say amen? And so I hope you agree this morning and we can follow along. So look at the cover of your outline. Here's a couple of scriptures in here that we want to start with. And behold, I will send forth upon you. Somebody say upon you. What my Father has promised, but remain in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed. Somebody say clothed. Until you are clothed with power from on high. How many know that there's a difference between the word in and the word upon? Amen. If I, I could either drink this water and have it go in me, or I could pour it on me and it would be upon me, and you would know the difference, it would be obvious. Amen. It would, it, you could see it upon me, it, there's an evidence of it being upon me, and then also I'm clothed with this coat, and so clothing is something that is upon us, not just in us. So he's talking about a promise from God that we are clothed with. Verse, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 there on your outline, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has what? Come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, let me just say this. There's a passage of Scripture in Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 that says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. That's the beginning of the verse. The second half of that verse says, Because you have rejected knowledge. So it's not that we just never taught, but the truth was out there, but they they just didn't want to receive it or to walk in it. And I'm going to share with you this morning, the reason I feel this is so important is that if Jesus said that you're going to receive power, the Holy Spirit is going to bring power into your life. God's will for every believer is life in the Spirit and a life that experiences His power in their life. That we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. How many know the devil, the adversary of your soul, does not want you walking in the power of God? He wants you feeling lifeless, hopeless, without any answer to anything. He doesn't want you believing that God's power, that you are clothed with His power and His gift and, and, and His Spirit will manifest through your life for the benefit of those you come in contact with. Amen. I, I, I like my friend Sean Smith, who we've known for over 20-some years, and he had, has a book that he wrote on power evangelism. Amen. And so the will of God is for us to walk in His power. And as a church, we're supposed to believe in the power of God. We're supposed to believe that the Bible says you will lay your hand on the sick and they will... And so we're praying for people, we're believing for people. Mike, come on up here. And so this morning, Mike came and said, Pastor, can I, I share a testimony real quick? And uh, so, uh, David, you know what? I'm going to use Lori's mic because that one's kind of out. So I'll grab one of these other ones back here. In fact, I'll use this blue one here. Amen. Amen. So Mike's got a quick testimony he's going to share with him. What, what happened? Um, what happened? I got a call Tuesday morning. I've been trying to get into UCSF with Dr. Carroll uh, for lymphoma. 
Fourth time I've had cancer in 20 years. Uh, last March 3rd, diagnosed uh, return of prostate cancer and spread into my lymph nodes. And um, so I struggled with uh, remediation. I've been through chemo and radiation. I did not want to do that again. Uh, so made a fundamental decision that, Lord, this is not my problem. It's your problem, if there is a, such a thing for God and uh, uh, negated going to radiation in October and have just basically been going about my life and trusting and, and believing in him as best I can with the bombardment of the enemy all through that. But Tuesday, I got a call I'd been waiting for, uh, whether or not I was going to be accepted by Dr. Carroll uh, to look at me with a new procedure, experimental surgical procedure. And his nurse uh, said, uh, Mr. Florence, Dr. Carroll's not going to see you. And at first I was very deflated. Uh, and then she went on to say, um, your PSA, which is an indication of where the cancer is, has dropped from 13 to 0 0.01. <laughs> in the last four weeks, and I have a file folder this thick, biopsies and determinations that uh, I was on my way out. So I just want to thank all of you for praying for me and lifting me up, and you know, it's time to just trust God, and I think that's what happened last October. I just fell into his arms, and I said, Lord, yep. I'm tired of this. Amen. Amen. Love you, Mike. Awesome. Amen. Come on, give God a good praise. Hallelujah. He still heals today. Amen. Hallelujah. So look at your outline with me. I want to walk this through you this morning to be just a little bit of an introduction, getting back, getting us back and thinking about the Holy Spirit, what God has for our lives. And uh, it's so exciting. We've been praying for Mike, standing with Mike, agreeing with him, and thanking God for that. And let me just say that, because people always try to find, we, we are so negative by nature. Amen. The minute we hear some, sometimes we get a negative, yeah, but I know, I'm glad for him, but I know somebody that didn't work out well. My faith isn't in people's experiences in the Word of God. Don't build your faith on experience. Build it on the Word of God. God's promise to us declares that by His stripes we were healed. Amen? Hallelujah. So I'm thankful for the promise of the Father and that He is still pouring His Spirit out upon all flesh. The Comforter is still being given to all in every generation and will continue to be given until the end of this age. There will come a time when the culmination of all things, as Jesus said, but until then, God is going to be moving in the earth and upon His people by His Spirit. Would you agree? The problem is, is that we have today is that, excuse me, <clears throat> is that we have unlearned, or if you would, mislearn the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit in our personal lives and in the church. And that's evident by all the multiplicity of viewpoints that are out there today. Right in this room, depending upon your background, there will be various opinions on the Holy Spirit and how He works in our depending upon what you've been taught. My first and foremost advice to every Christian is not to just listen to preachers. 
preachers. I am one of them, and we have the best intention in heart to declare the truth. But many times, we were raised up in a bias, depending upon background. We were taught to think a certain way, or that the Bible says this or that. But it's amazing when you just open the Bible and read it for yourself. Amen. Uh, in fact, I used to tell, we were part of another denomination for years, and I told them one time, I sat on the, on the district board there, and I said, you know what, guys, if we didn't believe what we believe, you couldn't get us to believe what we believe. Because you, could, you couldn't, the, some of the things they were doing, I said, well, you, the, you can't even get that out of the Bible. So if we just read the Bible, it's amazing. Would you just go back and let God speak for himself? Amen. Go back and verify everything which says about the church in, in, in Antioch that they were Bereans and that they went and searched the scriptures to make sure that what they heard lined up with the word of God. That's one reason why I give you outline. Don't just leave it there on your chair. Go home and study it. Make sure I'm telling you the truth. The only thing that at stake is eternity. So I, I want to make sure. Are you listening to me? So important that we do that. So look at this. So this series of lessons is for the purpose of bringing this most important truth into the life of every Christian. For this is key to living our salvation in all of its fullness. We were never meant to live for God out of our own natural strength or ability. Christianity is not supposed to be something we just do naturally. Oh, pray for me. I'm just trying to hold on. Where do we get that religious garbage like that? Pray for me. Pray for me. I'll hold out till the end. Why? You, you. God bless you. Amen. So think about it. We were never meant to live for God out of our own natural strength or ability, which is why Jesus declared that he would send us the helper. The Lord says, I know you can't do this on your own. I'm sending you the helper. Amen. And so we rely on the person of God in his spirit. Think about it. We all believe in being born again and the importance and the purpose of water baptism. Most of us understand about being baptized into the body of Christ, being made functioning members and set in place by God. The next few lessons here that we're going to be going through are going to be on the baptism with or in the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit and living in fellowship with Him and flowing in His gifts. Can you say amen? So think about it. Look inside your outline. There is a distinction to the life in Christ. It is life in the Spirit. To be born again, to be a believer, means to live life in the Spirit with God. Life in the Spirit. So exciting. The kingdom of God is seen in operation through life in the Spirit. The baptism in, with, and Holy Spirit is the doorway into the gifts of the Spirit. To be filled with the Spirit is to be the normal Christian experience, but not, not an abnormal experience. So we'll walk through that, and we're going to deal with this. We're going to get into the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone. That God gives a manifestation of His Spirit to every person, to everyone. It's His will that everyone would know how to walk and flow in the Holy Spirit and in the gifts of the Spirit. Think about words of wisdom, words of knowledge, discerning the Spirit, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, tongue, interpretation. Who couldn't use some of that? Amen. So God is there and we have the benefits of that. So we'll be diving into that. Are you, re- are you excited to hear about that? 
Praise the Lord. So think about it. See, in Matthew 3 and Mark 1 and Luke 3, they all introduce us to Jesus being declared the one who is going to be our baptizer with the Holy Spirit. John said, there's one coming after me who's mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to unloosen. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so he's coming to be our baptizer. In John 14 and verse 16, Jesus declared him, as we said, as the comforter and a promise. Acts 2, 37 and 38, uh, Peter declares the promise has been made to everyone, as many as are far off, which includes you and me. Romans 8 and verse 9 tells us we are no longer in the flesh, but in the spirit. Jude 19 says we are no longer sensual without the spirit. Think about that. And then Acts 6.3 says that we are supposed to be people who are spirit-filled, men and women, full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. So this morning I just want to go over this with you. There are three baptisms that belong in the life of every believer. Number one is here in your outline, and it's being baptized into the body of Christ. And this is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Does the Holy Spirit baptize us? Yeah. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, I believe, that the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. So in baptism, there's always a person administering the baptism. There's always an element of the baptism. And then there's always the baptizee. Amen? So in this area, the Holy Spirit is setting us or immersing us into the body of Christ. He baptizes us into you accept Christ and you are baptized into his body. And he makes you a member in particular. He gives you purpose and identity and value in the body of Christ. Can you say amen? And so he does that work in our life. And then water baptism happens is the second baptism. This happens subsequent to our salvation. It takes place after we have accepted Christ and it's ministered to us by another believer. And it can be any believer. You can baptize your friend. They get saved. Hey, kind of like Philip with the uh, Ethiopian eunuch. They're riding along. He says, I believe on the Lord. He says, there's water. What forbids me for being baptized? He said, do you believe in Jesus? Yeah. Takes him down, baptizes him. And so water baptism is the second part because it helps us identify with his death. And then third is the baptism with or in the Holy Spirit. This also happens subsequent to our salvation and is administered by Christ himself or Jesus is our baptizer. So the one baptizing us is the Lord Jesus Christ. The element is the Holy Spirit. And that's what it says he's coming upon us. When you go in the, the water baptism, the water is upon you. It doesn't get in you. Amen. So we're baptized. So the Holy Spirit is upon us. He baptizes, immerses us in the presence, in, in the anointing of God, in the Holy Spirit. And we are the baptizee. Praise the Lord. So let me illustrate to you a little bit this way. In the Old Testament, there was a tabernacle. And in this tabernacle, the Old Testament is a book of types and shadows. It foretells us what is to come. And, and it gives us symbols and it gives us patterns that we can follow. And so we have types and shadows in the Old Testament and the New Testament is the fulfillment. Matthew is a great gospel to read. As you go through the gospel of Matthew, you'll hear this term. Jesus would say over and over that it might be fulfilled. That it might be fulfilled. He came to John to be baptized of John. John says, hey, that it might be fulfilled. Suffer to be so now that it might be fulfilled. Are you with me? 
Because John says, hey, you're coming to me to be baptized. I need the baptism that you have. And Jesus says, we can't do that right now because there's things that we have to fulfill. They were foretold before. There was a shadow of them to come. Now, let me ask you this. Did Jesus, if Jesus is our pattern, how many believe he's our example? And so we follow his example. So if he is our example, the question we ask ourselves, did he experience all three of these baptisms? Well, first of all, we, we could put it you like this. We know that Jesus didn't get saved, but we know that he was born of the Spirit. Can you say amen? He was born of the Spirit. You and I are born again of the Spirit. And so, but then we know that he was water baptized by John at the River Jordan. But then after he came up out of the water, we know that the Holy Spirit descended upon him as a dove. And he began his ministry by the anointing and the endowment with power that came upon him. And he walked out an example for us of what it means to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 4, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is a Upon me, verse 18, he has anointed me too, and he delineates down the ministry that was working through his life by the power of the Holy Spirit who was upon him. Not by the fact that he was God's created son, and not by any active deity, but he became all men, and as, as, an, as all man, he was empowered by the same Holy Spirit that you and I received. Could you give God a good praise this morning? Amen. So the Holy Spirit is available to you and I exactly the same way as the Lord. So in the tabernacle, you see that I put that little picture up there so you kind of get an idea of it there. We have everything in there. We have some tables out there, the old-fashioned altar there, and we see all the uh, lamb being laid there this morning. Today, if you need to, I'll come up, lay you up here, hack on you a little bit, and you can repent and go home. Amen. No, not really. Amen. But if we could break it down, it would be a little bit more like this. And so you'll see up there that there is an entryway in the east gate. The tabernacle faced the east. There was an entrance there, meaning there was one way in. And then you come in contact with the altar of burnt offerings or the brazen altar there. And you would come to that. And that's the place the sacrifice was made. And it symbolizes to us the shedding of blood. And it symbolizes to us repentance. And then the next thing you would do, you would go to the brazen laver, the bronze laver there. And there... It symbolizes water baptism. But in between the brazen laver and the holy place, something else took place before you could enter into the presence of God. Because the second part of the tabernacle there, the holy place and the most holy place, represent the presence of God. And the people who went in there were the priests of God. And you and I now are kings and priests unto our God. And so God gave us a pattern on how to enter his presence. So if I can draw it for you like this this morning and bring it down here and help us illustrate it just a little bit more. And so here we have the tabernacle and here we have inside the holy place. And so we have holy and the most holy place. Okay. We have the veil. Okay. So we have... Here, the, the altar, we have the bread over here. We have the incense going up over here, okay? All right? And then here, we have the brazen laver, altar, uh, yeah, and brazen altar, brazen laver, and then in between here. And so this represents, so we have salvation. We have water. And we have spirit. Okay? And on the back of your outline, if you want to write this down, you could... You, just, you need to understand that. Three is God's number of divine completion. Three is the number of divine completion. 
When anything is connected to three, it shows us the completion of that. You just gave in an offering. Sean referenced it. Seed, time, and harvest. Amen? God operates by the law of seed, time, and harvest. Three, four, four. Jesus said, I am the what? The way, the truth, and the life. Okay? Nobody comes unto the Father but my me. Those things are, are, are represented here. Amen? Uh, we, we are called to love God, to serve people, and to give. Love, serve, and give. Those three elements make up complete Christianity. How many know that one thing we're asked to do is to give forgiveness? Forgiveness is, what you, is something you give. Giving is not just money. But giving is forgiveness. But how many know to walk in forgiveness, you need the help of the Holy Spirit? Depending on what people did you, you can't, it's really hard to forgive people in your own strength, out of your own ability. So we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So this is really how this works. We come into here and we understand that this area here represents repentance. We repent, we give our lives to God, we repent of our sin, and, and that is buried up. And so we have no problem. We'll come in and we do, you know, I can deal with the altar, the, the brazen altar there, and with repentance. And so right at this point, salvation comes, so I'm saved, and now heaven is my home. Okay, I can go to heaven. I never have to go any further. I can get saved right there, and I can just go to heaven. That's it. But then the next point is that some people go, well, I'd even go the next step, and I would actually be water baptized. Amen? Because in water baptism, and it's interesting that this was made out of uh, similar to like mirrors, so the reflection is always upward, not so you can see down. And God does that. It's amazing how he changes our reflection. Amen? Covered by the blood. And so in here, we have water baptism. So this is our salvation. This is water. So the baptism, we are saved and we're baptized in the body of Christ. We have water baptism. But then before the priest could enter the Holy of Holies, and this is where we want to live. This is the presence of God in our life. And this is where we're called to live as believers, to live in God's presence in there. But when it comes to this area right here, this next illustration will help you a little bit. When it comes to this area right here, is that you look on the inside in the Word of God, the table of showbread here. This is the, 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 the showbread here or the bread of purpose. But how many know to do God's Word, you need some help to live by the Word of God? We just don't naturally obey God. Okay, let me bring it back down again. So to love God, serve people, serve. If you want to be great in the kingdom, let him be a what? Servant of all. So that takes help right there. And then to give, these areas right here. So the word of God tells us love God, serve people, be a giver, walk in the grace of giving in every aspect of your life. We need an anointing to live in those three areas. Amen? It just, it just doesn't come naturally to us to do that. So what would happen is here, there's another door right here. And again, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth. The truth is, watch it. I am the way, I am the truth. The truth is old things have passed away, all things have become new. The moment I go through this water, God no longer sees me. I've repented, I died to my old man, and now I'm raised with him in newness of life, amen? But then before the priest could enter into here, there was something else. It's not actually a sacrifice here, but there was another process that took place, and the priest was then anointed with oil. Okay, and before he entered in, oil was poured out upon him. Are you with me? And so once you had gone through symbolically these three baptisms, 
Are you with me? Then you could enter into the presence of God properly. Am I doing all right, Adrian? We do all right properly. Adrian helped me. And, and uh, uh, yeah. Jay, you guys help me if I get off. This is my, see, I'm a Gentile trying to explain Jewish culture. Anyway, stay with me. All right. <laughs> Shalom Aleichem. I like him Aleichem. Amen. So watch, watch, watch. So, uh, so we're, we're, we're okay here. We're, we're, okay. We're, we're okay with getting saved. And, and we're okay with water baptism. But the problem is, is depending upon how you've raised and what you've heard about the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit or Pentecostals or Charismatic or this or that. And I said it in first service. This is the problem. People always do it. People don't live by the plumb line of God's Word. We think the Word of God is a pendulum, and it swings according to our interpretation, our emotion, and what we want to do and what we want God to do in our life. But the Word of God is a plumb line. So what happens, we see people, and they've sung way over here in foolishness, or way over here in legalism, or way over here in that, and God's Word is just true. So just stay with the Word, but never let the excess of people make you give up on the Word of God or miss one of the promises of God. This is what Jesus said. You're going to receive the promise of the Father. How many know there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible? God's Word has over 7,000 promises. Do you know every one of those promises belong to you? How many will take all 7,000? How many know they're all good? Do you know one of the promises is to be clothed with the power of God, literally clothed in dew. Like I have this jacket on, the Holy Spirit, God's power upon our lives, that's one of our promises. But what we do is we go, hey, I'm okay with salvation and repentance, I'm okay with water baptism, but I've heard some squirrely stuff about that, so I think I'll just bypass that and come in over here. Here's the only problem with that. Here's the only problem. Jesus says this, Jesus says, I'm the door. And the only way through the door is this way. He says, anybody who comes in another way is a thief. Are you with me? Now watch, this is what happened. In the Old Testament, because this was so holy, this is holy and God is holy. And the holiness of God is his character. God's not me, God is just holy. God, the Bible says God is a consuming fire. And so in order for us to be able to exist in his presence, he has to change our nature. What happened with God in the burning bush in Moses is God had to change the nature of the bush to not be consumed by the fire. When you and I go through the process of baptism with God for salvation in water and in spirit, our nature is changed so we can live in the presence of God and not be consumed. Are you with me? The other part of that is, is this, that if the priest ever went in improperly, if he skipped any one of the steps and he went in, he had bells around the phylactery or the bottom of his garments there, and he had a rope around his chest, and while he was in there, he did this. Just to let everybody know at the jingling of the bells, he was okay. And if they ever quit hearing the jingle of the bells... They knew they were to tug on the rope because he had gone in improperly and he died. Now listen to me. I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit, you have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit or you die. But this is the key to fullness of life in God. 
And this is why so many Christians feel like their faith is dead. They have no power. They have no vitality of the life of God. They, they, they just don't feel like whatever they do makes any difference. There's no true life flowing in us. Listen to that. That's awesome. Amen. So God's pouring out his spirit upon us. Amen. So watch it. So what? So, 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 so here we have the, so the word of God, the Holy Spirit, and this is where we're supposed to live. We're supposed to live here in the presence of God, in this place with him. That's his word. And so in here, God flows, and then this veil's been torn apart, and now we can boldly come before the throne of grace. Amen. God, the Lord, removed the veil so that we have full interest. And this is where we want to live. And God made a way for us to live there. So watch this. Move. There it is. Okay. So the Lord told Moses, watch what God told Moses. He said, Moses, make this according to what you see in heaven. Build this tabernacle according to what you see in heaven. Jesus said it like this. Pray this way. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So this is a type and a shadow of how to approach God in heaven. So now you and I are supposed to live by this pattern of approaching God. If we want to live in his presence. Are you doing okay? Now, I know you've been conditioned. I've watched over the years. I just, this is my job. I meddle all the time. Our culture has working to desensitize us into the things of God. We have not become the students of the Word of God that we used to be. I'm believing for renewal and restoration. I'm believing for every believer to get a hunger to know God in His fullness and in His truth for themselves. Amen? And I'm going to be your friend. I'm not going to let you go till that rain break lets up, all right? I'm out to protect you, praise the Lord. No. But, but, but think about this. Think about it. So what do we do? We don't study anymore. I, I remember even as a pastor, we were going all the time. There'd be a conference here, a conference there. People in the church would want to go. We'd go to meetings in the week. We'd have revivals. People would come out for all week. Oh, you didn't do church three nights in a row. Oh, man. I don't know if I can handle How long is it going to be? Are you going to go there? Yeah, we're just going to get together and be in the presence of God and seek God. Amen? And so great things happen, but we, we're, we're being consciously or unconsciously desensitized to the things of God. Let me say it to you like this. I said it earlier. After the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall receive power. The devil doesn't want you to have any power. He doesn't want you to believe that you can put your foot down and believe that God will heal you of cancer. He wants you to believe only what the doctors tell you and to live by the doctor. Are you doing all right? And, and I'm sick and tired of putting up with less than all that is available to us. Could you say amen? So let's believe for renewal and restoration. So then, so look what it says. So why? So in heaven, there are three who bear record in heaven, who bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. We know that Jesus is the Word. Now watch this. And there are three that bear witness on the earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. Okay? So those three are our witness 
in our life. And all three of those are one. So, yeah, there's three baptisms, but they are one. People say, no, but the Bible says there's only one Lord and one baptism. But even people who only believe in one baptism don't believe in what they believe. Because they actually believe in two baptisms because they believe in being baptized into the body and being baptized in water. Are you doing all right? I'm sorry for making you think on Sunday morning. Praise the Lord. So that's what we're after. We want to press in to the things of God. Now watch this. See, our goal as the children of God is to be in His presence. The tabernacle gave us a pattern for entering God's presence. There were three things required to be done before you entered His presence, and they are required of us as well today. Could you say amen? So it is salvation, it is water baptism, and the heart of God is spirit baptism. Now let me just say this to you in this area. You've been coming here for forever long, and we don't preach. We don't, my goal is not to make you do anything. God will never make you do anything. God does this. This is what I prepared for you if you want it. This is everything I promised you if you want it. God says if you don't, it doesn't matter to me one bit at all. Your yes or your no isn't going to affect God one way or the other. Are you doing all right? You're not changing him. Your yes or your no doesn't affect me one way or the other. I've already said yes. I'm just like this. God said, hey, this is yours if you want it. I said, sign me up. You can have this if you want it. Sign me up. Paid for, it's yours. This is all yours in Christ. The Bible says you are joint heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says of his fullness we have received. Amen? Now, religion will talk you out of promises. Religion will tell you you can't have the promises. I just choose to be a believer and receive. Amen? I want to live in the full. Do I have any friends in the house this morning? It's getting a little tight up here. Air's a little thick up here right now. Amen? So think about that. God is on our side. And so we repent, we're baptized. Listen, this was the pattern. This is what Peter said on the day of Pentecost. They said, what do we have to do to be saved? Repent, be baptized in water, and receive the Holy Spirit. How important was this to the early church? And uh, I'm going to have to close right in here, but think about it in this way. In the early church, they, they declared that on the day of Pentecost. And then, a little over five years later, when the church was scattered after the persecution began, Philip goes down to Samaria and preaches the gospel to Samaria. Samaria repents and is baptized in water. But as of yet, the Holy Spirit hadn't fallen upon them, so they send Peter and John to them that they might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Amen? In Acts chapter 9, Paul has an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. He gets saved. He's in an upper room praying. And God sends Ananias to him, sends a man to him, and says to pray for him that he might receive his sight and receive the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 9, verse 17. Paul, God sent me that you might receive your sight and receive the Holy Spirit. Are you doing all right? So it was important to repent, be baptized, and to receive. At Cornelius' house, now, now that Paul was probably about seven years after the day of Pentecost, maybe a little bit more. Then Peter goes down to Cornelius' house, which is ten years after the day of Pentecost. Amen? And God pours out his spirit, and they repent, and they believe, and they receive the Holy Spirit. Amen? Then in Acts chapter 19, Paul, the apostle, how many would agree that Paul's the greatest apostle that ever lived? 
out of all the apostles, if he wanted to tout his credentials, he says, you know what, I don't come behind anybody. So, but besides that, he's written, Paul wrote more of the Bible than any theologian you know. Did you get that? Paul wrote more of the Bible than any theologian you listen to who tries to tell you what Paul meant. In Acts chapter 19, Paul runs into a group of disciples and he asks them this. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So it was important to Paul. That encounter took place 25 years after the day of Pentecost. Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. I think he knew what he was talking about. So his concern was for disciples. I'm glad that you repented. You heard John's baptism of repentance and baptism. John's gospel of repentance. But did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, we didn't know if there even is a Holy Spirit. We have never heard. That's why Robert Morris wrote the book, The God I Never Knew. Amen? And so he explains to them, baptizes them again, lays his hands on them, and they receive the Holy Spirit. Amen? So it's God's will for each of our lives. Look at the last page of your outline at the bottom. So worship team comes back. In Matthew 3... We heard the prophetic declaration of John the Baptist that Jesus would be the one to baptize us with the Holy Ghost. And it was compared to water baptism or being immersed into the Spirit by the Lord Himself. Look at John says, I'm baptizing you in water. Jesus is going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? He's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Now, walk through this little breakdown with me as I close. I want you to hear it. That means the apostles received this baptism. Peter declared it to the, that the repentant would receive it. They made sure that Samaria received it. Ananias was sent to make sure that Paul received it. Jesus gave it to the disciples exactly, the Gentiles exactly the same way as he did to his disciples so that Peter would know that he had received them. Paul made sure that the disciples at Ephesus had received it. The power of the Holy Spirit is a promise to all and for all. It is declared in the Gospels. It is fulfilled in the book of Acts. It is brought into order in 1 Corinthians. It is to be sought after, desired, and never quenched. We are to hunger for Him, desire to ever be filled by Him. We are to walk with Him, be led by Him, be taught by Him, to pray with Him and through Him, and to commune and have fellowship with Him. Watch this. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to, the mer- to His mercy He saved us through the washing of regeneration, which is restoration of all things, and what? Renewing of the Holy Spirit. So if God has renewed His Spirit in our lives, we want to walk in that newness. That should be the desire. I'm saved. I'm born again. Now does it mean now as a Christian, what does it mean? It means you begin to begin to walk and to learn how to walk in the renewing of God through a relationship with the Holy Spirit. 
Paul said to this to the church at Corinth, he ended 2 Corinthians 13, he said, the, why? the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, now why? And the communion of the Holy Spirit. The word there, communion, is the Greek word koinonia, which means fellowship. So you are to have a fellowship. We have life groups. We get together and we fellowship in our life group. If you're not in a life group, we have 11 of them. Sign up. Get them plugged in a life group. Have one in your own home. But life groups are for the purpose of fellowship. Listen to the Amplified Bible. The grace, favor, spiritual blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God and the presence. Watch it. And the presence and the fellowship, the communion and sharing together and participation in the Holy Spirit. You're to have communion, Sharing, participation, and fellowship with God by His Spirit. Amazing. Think about that. One word described, one of the words in, in there in koinonia in the Greek is the word intercourse. Watch this. The word intercourse means this. Dealings are communication between individuals. Dealings are, you are to be in communication with God by His Spirit. Your fellowship is that God's Spirit is alive in you. He's renewed. The renewing of the Holy Spirit has come to everyone who receives Christ as their Savior. And now we have this fellowship. We have a communication that we share together with God. Oh, my goodness. And look at this. Interchange of thoughts. That God would show us His thoughts. Our fellowship is that the Holy Spirit. Listen to what Jesus said. Listen to what he said. When he comes, he will take everything that I have and he will declare it to you. I'm believing for a renewal in this year. Restoration and renewal. That every Christian, I hope this goes out over the internet. Love all you guys watching this. God bless you. Get saved and let the Holy Spirit be your friend. Amen. Hallelujah. But watch this, watch this, watch this. But that God, God renew and restore me. Holy Spirit, I want to know you. I, you're God with me. We, we make Holy Spirit this separate thing. There are three and there are one. Holy Spirit is God with you. God is with you. God is with you. He's with you. Amen. And he's always saying, hey, let's hang out. Let's communicate together. Let's interchange thought. What's on your heart? Let me tell you what's on mine for you. And we enter into this relationship. And he says, watch it. This is what I will do. I will anoint you with my power. And I will use you to tell others that I want to be in fellowship with them as well. So God empowers that. That's what Jesus, you always receive power to be my witness. Do you know why most Christians don't witness? Because we think we do it in our own power. We start out with the disclaimer, oh, I don't know, I, I. He didn't ask you to do it as I. He asked you to do it. Listen to what he told his disciple. You come follow me and I will make you what you are not. I will make you fishers of men. I'm not going to ask you to do it by yourself. I'm going to give you the power to do it. I'm going to give you the anointing to do it. I'm going to give you the gifts to do it. I'm going to equip you with everything you need. Amen. Let me put you like this. Some of us think of Christianity as enlisting in the military and having to go to army surplus and get all your own gear. We, we enlist. We show up at boot camp. Well, I got a knife. I got my Red Ryder BB gun. I'm ready for war. I have some hiking boots, not combat boots. 
I, I don't have any camo and I don't have a backpack but I got this bag is that good enough? They go, no. All we need is you, and we strip you down to naked. We strip you of everything. We give you your underwear. You're going to wear our BVDs. We give you your socks, your t shirts, your pants, your shoes, your coat, your hat, and every weapon you will need, and we will train you and equip you. <coughs> win the battle against the enemy and we will teach you how to fight in harmony and fight together as one and how to follow orders from the head down are you with me so what this is is God is here and the devil knows it that's why the Bible says the weapons of our warfare we are in a battle are you with me how many are ready for a year of renewal and restoration amen Stand to your feet with me this morning. Maybe you're here today and you think, you know, I got a lot of ideas, you know, about God and I think, and you're trying to find another door other than Jesus. You're trying to find another way in to the presence of God and you're hoping you're going to end up in the right place. But Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And you know in your heart you need to repent. You know you need to be baptized. There's some for you in here. You just need to be water baptized. You've been raised up. You grew up. You had things. But when you really make a decision to live for God, kind of like the disciples at Ephesus, they were baptized into John's baptism. But Paul explained the truth to them. And then he baptized them again. And the Holy Spirit came upon them. Some of us need to go through that baptism. Say, God, this is my life. I'm living this. I'm all in for God. I'm going to live for you the rest of my life. God, I'm going through baptism. I'm going to be raised up in newness of life. And I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit that anointing of power I need the oil because I want to be in your presence in the right way amen but you're here today and that's you and you know you just need to say yes to God with your heart I'm going to ask everybody to pray this prayer with me if you've never prayed this prayer I ask you to pray it and mean it for the first time today pray this with me Heavenly Father I come today in the name of your Son Jesus Christ I ask you to forgive me of all my sin today I repent of my past and I receive your blood that was shed for me I believe that Jesus Christ is my risen Lord and Savior and today I say yes to you with all my life from this day forward I will live for you to honor you and to serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Now, Jesus, I ask you to baptize me with the Holy Spirit. I submit to your authority and I receive the promise of the Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah.